Hello and welcome. <laughs> We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and joining me as ever is Tony Kerr. Hey, you're right. <laughs> Tony, I would describe this as the weirdest episode of the World Cricket Show we've ever recorded. Would you like to fill in the listeners on this on the situation we've got here? Yeah, it's not the uh, it's not the triumphant kind of return to form, return to the, the airwaves that we were kind of hoping for. So you thought, yeah, you know, we've been gone a while, come back with a bang down at the beach. Lots to talk about, but yeah, a sort of combination of kind of climactic and technological mishaps have led us to the situation where, yeah, we're sat on a, um, uh, well, Guernsey's sort of northerly beach, Pembroke, pretty windy, pretty cloudy, threatening to rain. One of the mics isn't working, so you're having to do this sort of interview style. <laughs> um, we're, yeah, and we're sat on a kind of anti-tank, well, what you'd call that, the sort of German fortifications from the occupation uh, in the Second World War. To onlookers um, down here, and there were a few swimmers down here this morning, probably think we're making some sort of occupation documentary or something. It's like Dan Snow's history here. <laughs> it's what we're recording at the moment. But yeah, there's there's a, there's a few people swimming, and there's... So on this, if listeners can picture, there's, as Tony describes, an anti-tank wall, a big kind of concrete wall that we're sitting on overlooking the beach. It's the only place we could get to that's somewhat sheltered from the wind. It's really windy today. As you say, Tony, we were like, oh, brilliant, summer, back on the beach. Let's go straight to the beach, record a podcast. Again, I was like, do you want to do it? I've been writing emails to you for weeks. Shall we do a podcast? When can you do a podcast? Generally, you ignore them. And I was like, do you fancy going to the beach to do a podcast? And you instantly phoned me. When do you want to do it? Yeah, let's, you name your time. We've come, we come up with that in mind. It's incredibly windy. But yeah, there's some people out there swimming and there's one... I'm going to kind of whisper this because there's one lady on the wall along there who, when I, when I kind of launched into my very bouncy, hello, and looked up from her book, stared for a moment and uh, shook her head. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're not in our good books, I don't think, already. We've only just started. So, yeah. No, it's not ideal. So, yeah, as I say, Adam's having to do this uh, this pod uh, interview style, which means whenever he cracks a joke, he'll be sort of pointing the mic at me like you would, I don't know, a singer might point the mic at a crowd for a bit of response. It's like call and response. Yeah. I make a joke about, I don't know, your weekend, and then I just go. <laughs> <laughs> I just point it back and forth. Um yeah, no, it's it's been a t- well, it's a tough crowd so far uh, with with the swimmers who are down here and haven't even started talking about Rob Key yet. But as Tone says, um, we've only got one microphone, <laughs> so the other one is isn't working. So this could be a bit of an interesting one. It's also a bit of a weird episode because so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday lunchtime, pretty much simultaneously that Boris Johnson is speaking in Parliament after the delivery of the Sue Gray report. And the reason I mention that is just because. Um, I'm absolutely boiling with anger, Tone. Yeah. <laughs> On the drive here, I was just listening to Radio 4. Got out of the car, just like I'm physically shaking with anger. So <laughs> so that might kind of influence the, the tone of this episode, I don't know. Well, it's probably good, actually, that we're recording now, just to sort of take your mind off it, really. If you like going out to sort of play golf, just just focus on the pod. 
put put gray to one side it's gonna be difficult it's gonna be difficult but i'll do my best I might have more to say about that at the end it's probably not what people come to the the world cricket show for is it but cricket i'm gonna have to say that again because i wasn't pointing the microphone at you hold on here we go keep your politics out of our cricket (laughs) anyway shall we talk about cricket and we can come on maybe later on we can talk about sue gray maybe offer some of our uh, also offer some of our uh, customary weaselly excuses for why we haven't been doing this more often listeners may be confused about why we haven't been doing it more often we've got such a professional setup going on here (laughs) should be easy yeah well i think there was some chat wasn't there some foolish chat about you know making it all about the beach this summer getting the regularity up so we're gonna have to up our game sort of technically i think the weather's gonna have to up its its game as well i mean there is a genuine danger that it might start raining in a minute um (laughs) in which case i guess we'd have to decamp to the car would we and then it just gets even weirder and even bleaker (laughs) sometimes i'm just gonna point the mic at you because i'm not sure whether you've got something to say or not (laughs) but it kind of puts pressure on you to have to have some banter ready to go like this (laughs) Um, yeah, good, good question. All right, let's talk about cricket because I mean, I said to you just before we started, before we pushed the button to record, I was like, "Well, yeah, it's a you know, it's it's windy, it's a weird setup. We've only got one mic; it might start raining, but we, you know, the good thing is we can keep this one fairly pacey. There's not much to talk about, is there, Tone? Well, yeah, I mean, literally, cricket has changed since we last did one of these. Almost everyone in the uh, you know the positions of power. Um, at the ECB are either gone I mean I don't know when we lasted it but certainly people have left some have come in others are on their way it's a new era it is well I think the the last pod we did was after the Caribbean tour which was kind of branded as the the Red Bull reset Uh, and we said at that point that the reset needed a reset and it's had one the whole you know the whole system the whole of English cricket has been kind of rebooted isn't it so we've got a new captain, a new coach, a new managing director. Anything I'm missing there? Oh, Harrison's on his way, isn't he? Yeah, so there's not a replacement for him, but he's also going. Can't say I'm shedding too many tears about that. Yeah, so who have we got in? We've got Rob Key, haven't we, at the, at the sort of top. Yeah, he's the MD, not, <laughs> not the, the new captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been left field. That would have been good. Um, yeah, Rob Key sort of calling the shots, I guess, now. Obviously, Ben Stokes taking over the captaincy. Brendan McCullum coming in as... The um, the Red Bull coach and Matthew Mott in the uh, the white ball side of things. So yeah, all change. It's hard to know where to start in a way, isn't it? I thought, <clears throat> should we maybe start with McCullum as the new coach? Because I think that is probably the most eye-catching, certainly the most kind of surprising of the appointments. Is that fair to say? Like, I mean, Stokes, rightly or wrongly, was probably predictable. Key, I guess, was a bit surprising at the time. But McCullum is the one that is like, is the only one you texted me about. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it, it sort of, well, got out, didn't it, maybe a day or two before. Obviously, the, the, the rumours started to swell and then it was confirmed and it all sort of seemed to happen quite quickly by the sounds of it. But yeah, definitely, that is eye-catching. It's exciting, um, I think. Well, wait, wait for my question, Tony. You know what my question's going to be. Here we go. What do you make of that appointment? Probably going to ask that exact question four times. It's exciting, isn't it? Um, no, definitely exciting. I think you know, Brennan McCullum as a player is, you know, one of the modern modern greats. But he's up there with the modern greats. Um, one of one of, uh, and you know, a revolutionary player in his own right. Someone who's, you know, in his kind of journey with New Zealand, took them from 
somewhere of nothing, something of nothing to something of something. Um, poetry. Poetry, which is, you know, which is, that's the sort of skill set that, that's going to be required here to take England from, yeah, basically just sort of drifting through mediocrity, hopefully towards, um, you know, a combative and ultimately winning test team. So, yeah, no, I'm, I think it's great news. You know, interesting, obviously, that his first assignment will be against New Zealand. So, you know, it's probably a good place to start in, in many ways, get it out of the way. And also, you know, in terms of the inside knowledge, you'll he'll, he'll have as much as anybody. Um, you, you think he'll be able to, you know, guide England pretty well into that battle. But yeah, no, I think it's just exciting. And the combination of him and Stokes, um, a lot has been made about their own brands of cricket. Um, obviously, McCullum is a player kind of on the front foot, you know, what, you know, an aggressive exciting player and obviously that's what Ben Stokes is as well so yeah it seems like a match made in heaven it's interesting isn't it it'll be interesting how quickly he's expected to deliver results obviously this summer doesn't look particularly easy well nothing looks easy at the moment when you've got England's record of what one win in 17 so um, yeah potentially a little bit of patience is going to be required but then again given you know, given his reputation and given his ability and, and his um, his career as a player, people are going to expect quick results. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how it goes. Well, the partnership with Stokes is an interesting element to the whole thing, and we'll, we'll perhaps come back to that. Um, but, yeah, for me, I mean, I, it certainly, took, as I say, it certainly took me by surprise. And I am excited about it. I mean, it's. I feel like it really... It could go either way. It's one of those where I, I'm excited about it, not because I think necessarily what a brilliant appointment, what a kind of guaranteed success for England. It could easily go the other way. And for all that he, as you say, is one of the however many all-time greats um, and had that success as a player and as a captain with New Zealand, you know, we haven't seen it as a coach yet because he's not really had the opportunity to do that. He's done a bit of IPL and some people said, well, he hasn't done a great job necessarily in the IPL or hasn't achieved much success in the IPL, but it's a t- totally different format, totally different environment. So I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that. But yeah, he's not got a track record as a coach yet. And it could go horribly wrong. I, I think that is a possibility. But the reason I'm excited about it is because it's it's a showbiz appointment, isn't it? <laughs> And that obviously sounds a bit... Um, you are easily pleased. Yeah, you are easily pleased. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, easily seduced by showbiz, aren't I? And, and showbiz, using that word, you could use that in a derogatory sense, I suppose. But I just mean... And we talked... Again, we talked about this last time, but the whole, you know, the sort of... Uh, the Red Bull reset had a, a kind of comms problem, didn't it? <laughs> it had, had a problem because it wasn't... It didn't feel particularly exciting. It had a, a, a marketing problem in terms of, like, how you brand this exciting reset. And it's it's our Red Bull reset with guys like Craig Overton and Alex... And nothing particularly against those two, or, but it just didn't have that kind of, like, crackle of excitement of, like, this is a new thing, a new team. I want to see how this New England get on. So obviously it is going to be a lot of the same personnel and that's not necessarily change, but you do just suddenly feel, it feels like change. Um, change is as good as a rest, as they say. A change is as good as a rest. I mean, yeah, just on that note, I think what is at least giving me um, sort of twinges of optimism going forward as well is, and no disrespect to Chris Silverwood as a a human, uh, as a person, but like we all got truly sick of his particularly post-match thoughts uh, after kind of humiliation after humiliation and it was kind of just it was uninspired 
uninspiring, uh, uh, dispassionate, I said at the time. It, it was really, you know, you just didn't feel like there was any spark there, which is which was such a shame. Whereas you'd hope we're going to get exactly the opposite with Brendan McCullum. Um, yeah, he will presumably tell it how it is, and um, yeah, at least at least talk with uh, hopefully a bit more honesty and, and more candidly about whatever situation um, England find themselves in. Well, yeah, this is I think what I'm kind of getting at is that he is he's a big enough name that he should be in a position to deliver. England the kind of kick up the backside that they need and I, I just don't think Chris Silverwood was in that position and as much as I'm sure Gary Kirsten would have done a good job I don't think he would have been in that position either um, or you know some of the other candidates that were mentioned for the role McCullum now uh, putting a big name in clearly isn't enough in and of itself and it could definitely go wrong and there are a lot of big names you can think of that you could drop into there and it would be calamitous but I, I especially feel and we'll talk about this more in a second but I especially feel with Stokes coming in you know England need change and they need someone who's a big enough name and a big enough character to be able to, you know, to, to tell, speak some home truths to the likes of Joe Root and Ben Stokes who are probably very comfortable in, in that team. And it, it just feels like the kind of appointment, you know, that, that McCullum is the kind of guy that can do that. And it feels like a, it feels like an ambitious appointment. And again, I, I, you know, Kirsten would have been a very sensible choice and probably a very safe pair of hands, but this does just feel like, yeah, there's a bit more of a sense of adventure about it. And that's something that perhaps England have been lacking as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I saw a few people grumbling on Twitter, as they will, um, about the fact that it's just, you know, it's a big job that's been given to, to you know, a, a player who doesn't necessarily have uh, oodles of coaching experience, certainly at, at like kind of, you know, or a, a long history of coaching that, you know, a, a, a kind of a fantastic world-class player has just been handed the job, which... I do, you know, I can give some credence to, you know, there's got to be multiple avenues, um, you know, towards a job like that. You know, there has to be a place for, for you know, uh, coaches who weren't world-class players. But in this instance, I don't think you can have too many complaints. And um, it doesn't feel like a sort of jobs for the boys, like, you know, give it to someone who's been there, done that before. It's... Yeah, it's Brendan McCullum we're talking about. <laughs> it's Manchester. This is Manchester United <laughs> Football Club yeah. we're talking about here. We are talking about Brendan McCullum. Uh, I, I, just to reiterate the point you made, though, it feels like someone with the gravitas and the um, uh, yeah, the kind of the the charisma to kind of back it up that England need at the moment. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's not just that he's a big name. Yeah, it's it's, it's the the kind of player he was and the kind of captain he was. It, se- it seems to logically follow that he would be able to... <laughs> live audience building up here. It's a bigger and bigger crowd. We thought, you know... But, yeah, we thought this would be a great spot, you know, obviously because it's like the old Nickelodeon days. People used to sort of bang on the windows outside when we were doing the recording. So we try and find, yeah, trying to find quieter spots. But yeah, people are starting to gather to our left. Word, so word always gets out, unfortunately. This is just something we have to live with. Um, you know, the, 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 the kind of player that McCullum was... I mean, as he said in his kind of press statement when he when he was announced, you know, he has experience of leading change in that kind of environment, which is obviously kind of corporate um, language in a way. But it uh, but it's true, you know, he he did lead and deliver change and turn New Zealand into a successful team, and that a huge amount, a huge uh, huge aspect of that was his leadership. So, yeah, it's not just like parachuting in 
Kevin Peterson, well, Kevin Peterson, obviously, <laughs> but you know, someone just. He would just parachute, he'd like, yeah, he'd arrive on a torpedo, <laughs> surfing a torpedo, wouldn't he? Be, uh... Yeah, James Bond style. But I don't know, like Brian Lara or some someone like that, where you'd be like, well, oh, wow, what a massive name. But it's, 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 it's parachuting in someone who is a big name, is one of the great cricketers of this era, and had, you know, did as a captain what he's essentially being asked to do as a coach. So it doesn't follow that he's necessarily going to be a world-class coach because they are different roles but there there is a kind of logic to that beyond just he's a big name yeah and i think yeah clearly uh english test cricket or the the, the english sort of test and uh first class infrastructure is much bigger than new zealand but it's a diminishing um kind of presence within the overall kind of pie of cricket isn't it uh you know we are asking the ecb and the english cricket public are kind of are looking for the test team to achieve more with less effectively. And I'm not saying, not so pre, uh, preempting any kind of, you know, franchise Red Bull competition where we get rid of half the county. I mean, just talking about like within the overall picture. So that, that is something he's got experience of, of, of yeah, taking New Zealand who are, you know, um, certainly in stature or kind of infrastructure stature, a minor player on the, amongst the test player nations. T- taking them to the top so um or getting them on their way to the top so yeah i think it all roads lead to mccullum yeah so anyway it's a it's a it's an appointment it's a decision that could go either way it's something that could go either way but i am for one i'm excited to see what happens and that's quite a nice feeling after, you know after the winter that england had it's nice to feel excited about you know coming into the first test of the summer to see what happens and that you know we may look back at that and think that was naive but that's a, a good feeling and I'm not sure I would have had that feeling with with any of the other candidates that were that were talked about what about so that's McCullum new new captain as well Ben Stokes so in April Joe Root finally saw the light and resigned here's a question for you Tane what do you make of this appointment <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure there's a huge amount to say, you know, on it before we've seen him leading the team for three or four series or two or three series. Only because we know all about Ben Stokes as a player. It's, yeah, well, we talked about it at length, didn't we? And it has been discussed at length, the the feeling that there wasn't really many options. I think Stokes is a very good option for captain and he was the only option, but he also would have been a great option had there been other contenders all caveated though with just you know the fact that he has had difficulty off the field in the in recent times it's a high pressure role you know he's sorry i've interrupted you there by pulling the mic away (laughs) but that that's what rob key said isn't it is that like he was at pains to emphasize like it's it's not that he's the only candidate it's that he's the best candidate so do you agree with that well i do agree that he's the best candidate i mean (laughs) because he's the only candidate i mean he would always be a good. You'd think, you know, even amongst other good candidates, he would be. You know, he would have been in the just. I mean, just based on the fact that you know we tend to give the captaincy to our best player, and he is arguably our best player, and has been for for three or two, three, four years. So, in that sense, you could see him being a contender for this in any team. Had he played, you know, from you know, two thousand five, you know, or, you know, with 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 other kind of with Cook in the team, whatever. So in a team with Strauss, Kirk, Vaughan, Atherton, <laughs> w- w- would would Stokes Strauss be one of... 
<laughs> in a team with Bradman, <laughs> yeah. War, no, you know, would so are you saying like no, I'm saying in recent English cricketing history, is Stokes would Stokes still be a candidate for captain in, in any team? Uh, yeah, I think he could be. Yeah, he could be. I don't think it's not like it's not like they've given the captaincy to to sort of shrinking violet. He's just coming. He's just about to make their debut. Do you know what I mean? He's like he is an established force. You know, he's clearly a very adept kind of craftsman with bat and ball. He knows what he's doing. So yeah, and he's the right kind of character. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily a bad choice. Were all of the off the field stuff not to have happened, or or that played out differently, I don't think there'd be too many question marks over it. Uh, okay, interesting. I mean, yeah, I agree up to a point, um, but I, I I don't think you can leave out the off the field stuff. So yeah, I yeah, no, okay, that's I was very I was very angry <laughs> when this was announced. Stone, not quite as angry as I am about Partygate. I, I just it felt so. This was obviously before McCullum was appointed so and it just felt to me like yet again England had done the easy thing of appointing the best player which you I've just kind of said well that's he's a good candidate because he's the best player but to me it's almost like that's almost a mark against him because like look after him and he's 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 not only the best player but he's an all-rounder so he's being asked to be the one of the top order batsman he's probably the second best batsman in the team or is expected to be like delivering as a yeah, well, I think top you know proper test batsman gone okay i was just gonna say though but i think in a perfect situation he wouldn't be batting in the top middle order he would be batting five or six well okay so he was batting five and he's now said he's going to bat six yeah. but, he, but 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 my point being he's still it, he's england suggested he should bat higher that some people said he should bat three or four well he probably could, he could but yeah, he so and in terms of like who are the best batsmen in the team, he's in the top three or four, isn't he? So in that sense, it would make sense. But he he is expected to be one of England's leading batsmen. He's also expected to be seemingly the kind of enforcer with the ball. I don't think that's, that is his natural role, but certainly in the West Indies, Root was asking him to be the enforcer. And whether or not Stokes chooses to continue to do that now he's captain, he's presumably going to bowl a lot. Um and he's a, and he's has that role as a key player in all three formats, and as you say, or as, as as you've alluded to, has had extensive periods of time off over the last year or two, with both physical and mental health. So this just feels like an enormous burden to drop in his lap. And I, I take the point that he would be a good candidate. He's a better candidate for this than some of the other, you know, best players that have been chosen in the recent past. Like he is it seems to me a more natural fit as captain than Joe Root or even than Alistair Cook. Like, and I think we've seen glimpses of that when he's captain the T20 team, that he does have a bit more about him kind of tactically than we ever saw from Root. And he's clearly very respected. He has that kind of presence. So I, I get all that, all of that and I accept all of that, but it just, this feels like a huge ask. And I, I really do feel that if there had been any other candidate, they would have given it to the other candidate i just you know it is because who else would it be well yeah exactly there, there, there is no one else is there um but then my argument would be give it to someone else <laughs> like so i would have given it broad because this is the thing as well is that there's a kind of expectation and a an urgency that england appoint a captain for like four years three or four years but like does that have to be the case 
could they not have appointed Broad? And they wouldn't have necessarily had to say he's like a caretaker or an interim, but they could have said, we've appointed Broad for this summer and then see what happens. And somebody like Alex Lees, who's a you know reasonably successful county captain, that he could have had this summer to bed into the team. And if he established himself in the team, then maybe in six months' time, that would have made sense. But it doesn't make sense at the moment. I accept that. So, But I don't think they needed... Like, they probably felt they couldn't appoint Broad because Broad's not... His sort of long-term future in the team isn't guaranteed. But I don't think that necessarily matters or should matter. Mm. <laughs> I've just pointed the mic at you. Yeah, I mean... God, I've said it. What do you make of that? Yeah, again, they... I suppose, like what you said about McCullum, you know, it could, this could go either way. It could be, we could be looking back and saying this is, you know, this did not work out and that was a massive mistake. Um, but it, but it, but it could go the, the other way still. Yeah. The, the, so the, the McCullum appointment, as I kind of suggested earlier, does change things a little bit for me because I do think if Silverwood was still the coach, this is the other thing about it for me. The other point is that, you know, clearly Stokes and Root are very close, like very close personally and clearly, Stokes thought very highly of Root as a captain and I don't <laughs> and you know the the evidence of the last year or two would suggest that 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 was uh wrong-headed and but one of the reasons another reason that I'm very pleased about McCullum coming in is because he's someone who's been kind of vocally critical of Root as a you know on commentary as a captain um so McCullum coming in it does and because I think McCullum has as you said the gravitas he's intent on change and he's got the the reputation the gravitas to implement it and to you know to sort of to to get the better of any any of those arguments i would think so it feels like that part of my worry that it, that the stakes would just be continuity at this point i feel like that that might not be the case although it remains to be seen i'm going to point the mic at you again yeah i mean you know you talk about exciting it is it's an there is a level of excitement about the summer now with McCullum and Stokes as a sort of double act coach and, and captain. So, yeah, I mean, who knows how well planned this has all been in terms? I don't know how long the discussions have been going on with McCullum for. Probably not that long, I guess. Um, so whether whether it's a master plan or whether it's just you know they're kind of just fumbling around and if it works, it works. We'll see. We've kind of worked our way backwards through these because it. The, the first appointment of these three uh, was Rob Key. Well, I haven't said it. We haven't said anything about Root sort of uh, to mark the mark the end of Root's character. We've said a lot about Root, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't, is there much to add? <sighs> Just sort of get come on, Root, score some runs this summer will be all I say. Yeah, hopefully it can be liberating. I don't need to say it. People know my feelings about Root, the captain. He's gone now. I've got my way <laughs> at last. I'm sure that was uh, uppermost in in all their minds. Um, so yeah, Rob Key. Rob Key is the new managing director. Um, how shall I phrase this question? What do you make of this appointment, Tone? <laughs> um, yeah, positive, I think. I think Rob comes across... Rob. <laughs> I think Robbie comes across... Uh, comes across well. You know, I, I, I find... I disagree with few things he's said since he's taken on the role. I've always enjoyed listening to him on part of the Sky team I wonder you know 
there's been I've watched you know there was an interview that NASA did with with Key obviously you had Atherton speaking about him I do wonder whether they feel like they've shirked their responsibility and that they should have thrown their hat in the ring as well obviously different different but when, of the Sky team who would you have who would you have had well this is true he wouldn't have been my first choice from the Sky comms box but also probably not my last choice so, you know not naming names but you know Nick Knight I'm probably <laughs> glad yeah Knight sort of slipped away though hasn't he bit, yeah, yeah. But also interesting point that you know you because you've been you um you and i both listen to the sky cricket podcast which is obviously on tv as well but we listen to it as a podcast says you know it's nice to think that there is a there's a well-established route now from <laughs> yeah. from the podcast booth to the sort of upper echelons of english cricket yeah exactly um yeah maybe we could be uh throwing our hat into some rings next next summer yeah no look about rob <laughs> stop calling him rob <laughs> Uh, on key um keezy keezy he's got a big task isn't he he's got a massive task i don't know how much more we can sort of say at the moment other than he's said all the right things so far and it'll be about the decision making you know how how much of a role he's has he played in, in getting mccullum in and obviously the decision making around stokes you'd imagine he's been has been right as co- at the core of it i think some of the things we said after the uh after the caribbean will probably come to pass under him, you know, bringing back Broad and Anderson for the summer. Um, I think that's the right decision. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, 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 again, it's encouraging. I mean, that said, there have been other, you know, we, we, I said before about people being miffed with this idea that you just sort of give these big jobs to, to ex-players or ex-players who've performed to a certain level, regardless of experience or necessarily their like kind of credentials on a sort of man management or business kind of corporate basis. But in this instance, you know, it has gone wrong, hasn't it? But obviously, you know, Ashley Giles didn't turn out to be as much as we liked him as a as a player and as a as, as someone who you know, also came across well in what he did. It didn't work for him, and he, for whatever reason, you know, whether he was too he was too sided with the players and and wasn't tough enough on them. Um, whereas you, you probably get the idea that that, that Rob will um, will maybe go the other way. Will be a bit. Will be asking a bit more. Yes and no. Um, he he clearly has relationships with a lot of the players, and, and you know this is something that a lot of people have pointed out. But like Zach Crawley, he's you know spoken so highly of Zach Crawley for such a long time, and has that connection through Kent. And Crawley's in this squad despite you know very poor county form and not great international form. So yeah, I don't know about that. There are questions there, and he he could. It's not just that he's too close to the players generally, which is probably the accusation he could level at Giles, but that he might be too close with specific players. Um, but I I don't know if that's one hundred percent fair. Let's let's at least give him give him a chance. I, I you know some people have yeah you, you, there was there was some reaction to his appointment that was like well what what are his credentials for this job? But I I, I do feel like this is a job that should be done by an ex cricketer. So you're never going to have they're never going to have credentials beyond the fact they're an ex cricketer. You know I mean? Yeah, and he's got yeah exactly his his playing credentials are perfectly adequate. You know, and better than some people give. You know, some people allow. Yeah, yeah, you know, he played Test cricket. Uh, he's been around the game. Yeah, you know, it was his career, obviously. Um, and then subsequently, you know, in his role in the in with Sky, he has been forced or forced to. But he, you know, obviously that is involved a degree of number one. Uh, keeping a sort of close eye on cricket around the world, but also number two, being kind of I suppose confronted with with all the kind of questions that he'll be confronted with now in terms of you know they we all as cricket 
we in the cricket media um, speak at length, don't we, about everything, all of the issues that, that he'll have to answer about the structure of, of the domestic game, um, about the priorities that, that England should kind of um, work towards. So, you know, he's been talking about these things for, for years and now he's got an opportunity to make some decisions and, and kind of steer it. So, yeah, I do, I do think he's the right person. Whereas actually someone like Ashley Giles maybe didn't have that. He didn't have, he hadn't been as active in terms of the discussions about how cricket should look in England. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It does kind of sound like you're putting yourself in the shot window there as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he's been talking about these things for years on a very successful podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, as you say, probably not of the Sky Commentary team. He probably wouldn't have been my first choice to do this job. But then on the other hand, I'm quite glad that Nasser Ath is still in the Sky yeah. Commentary box. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't sort of, to me, I wasn't like, wow, that's a stroke of genius appointing Rob Keeper. I wasn't unhappy about it. Like you, Tan, I've always kind of liked, I've always liked him on Sky. I've always thought he's quite sensible and forward thinking and, you know, thinking, you know, a bit of lateral thinking, but not kind of self-consciously so, not in the kind of Ed Smith way of like thinking outside the box just for the sake of thinking outside the box. But he does, he's got kind of interesting and occasionally unusual um, ideas. So yeah, I'm I think perfectly happy with it and Stokes is not an appointment I would have made but McCullum is a, a potentially a, a great appointment I mean remains to be seen but it's, a, it's an exciting appointment so not off to a, a terrible start at all um, we haven't spoken about Matthew Mottone who's obviously been appointed as the uh, the white ball coach as well former coach of the Australian women's team what do you make of this <laughs> appointment um yeah, again, positive, I think. Uh, yeah, clearly someone who's um, achieved an awful lot already in coaching and, you know, that, that Australian women's team have been dominant for a few years and and he's been a you know, big part in putting the pieces into place to make that happen. So, yeah, different job, obviously, for him in terms of rather than the Red Bull reset and uh, kind of starting from scratch almost, his role will be to support the transition from the World Cup winning team and this current white ball era and kind of keep that going so yeah I, I mean I, I don't again it's hard to predict isn't it but it, I mean it'd be hard for him to do any better than than we've seen England performing in the last few years but uh, but that, that's that's the challenge though isn't it it's, it's about kind of sustaining excellence exactly. and that's what he's got a track record of doing with the Australian women's cricket team so it does it does seem like a a, a good fit so, yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty good appointment as well. So, uh, overall then, I think uh, maybe a mixed bag for me, but broadly positive. And as I say, um, I'm feeling much more excited and much more encouraged going into the first test of the summer than I was a couple of months ago and that I thought I would be. So, and at least, you know, like some of these appointments ha- definitely have the capacity to go wrong but at least they're doing something. I mean, that, that was what I felt about England last year and going into the Ashes, that they weren't doing anything. <laughs> you know, it, it just at least feels like they they don't have their heads in the sand anymore about the state they're in. And there's a lot of work to do, but they are at least trying to do something about it. Whereas going into the Ashes, it was just like, well, they're definitely going to, you know, they're, <laughs> they, they, they're deluded and they're going to get beaten five nil and they basically yeah, did yeah, until the night before when you're like buddy oh we're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> true yeah um 
Yeah, and I get yeah. Obviously, the challenge for all of those appoint or for all of the appointees to those roles is that yeah, the the arena in which they're operating at the kind of top tier of of the national game has its own challenges, and those challenges are sort of being built upon a really kind of uncertain and fluctuating and kind of mired in controversy kind of uh, foundation, isn't it? So yeah, there's a lot to get right from top to bottom. Again, if they don't go right there's always going to be that caveat of, well, you know, they've been let down by the system or they've been let down by, you know, whatever aspect of it, of, of how the ECB has conducted its business recently that you want to pick on. Um, so, and equally, yeah, do we need to get those things right to give these these people a chance of actually making a go of it? It's quite good controlling the mic like this because I can just, I just hold it there as <laughs> yeah. as long as I want you to speak for I just keep, just keep it there. <laughs> you can hold it there for like 25 minutes so I'll just be like yeah just fucking I don't know what to talk about anymore. Um, yeah. um, I don't know if we're going to bill this episode as our England v New Zealand preview I don't think we are. <laughs> but I haven't re- we haven't really spoken about that but obviously the, the first test of that series starts next Thursday uh, and England have picked their squads Broad and Anderson back as you mentioned Tone seven fast bowlers missing like seven fast bowlers that they could have picked that would have been high on the list to be picked can't be picked for various reasons uh, but Broad and Anderson are back um, they're going with Ollie Pope at, at number three which I'm not especially convinced by a random message sorry I just was trying to get the thing Pat was Pat said I've got a message from Pat saying can you call me urgently and then the next message from Sarah Woodard saying would you like to interview Sugar Ray Leonard tonight <laughs> <laughs> What? What? Oh, I just have to reply. Um, what was the question? I, I don't think I'd <laughs> asked you a question. I was just waffling on about how I'm not particularly convinced by Ollie Pope at three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just point the microphone at you. Um... I don't know, well, yeah, I mean, I, no one's kind of magically appeared, have there? A few people have put their hands up. There's been obviously more, you know, there's been more controversy, um, which doesn't help with selection issues, you know, around Clark and, and, and the like. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Pope at three, go for it, I think. <laughs> Give it a whirl. So there are first call-ups for Harry Brook and Matthew Potts. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting one because so they're obviously they're coming in off the back of some really good good county form isn't it bigger and bigger crowds developing on the on the tank wall here there's about 20 people now I, I know there's been a bit of, you probably won't pick it up on the mic but there's been a bit of cheering a bit of weeping when I've been making points a bit of heckling yeah, for you yeah um so yeah so they've the, the two of them are yeah I'll, I've got call-ups off the back of some really good county form but it's an interesting one because then someone like Zach Crawley has had really poor county form and, and yeah a lot of people kind of upset that someone like the likes of Sam Robson have been overlooked who are in off to a spectacular start to the county season in favour of Zach Crawley who's really struggling and obviously hasn't had a great time of it generally and it's just I mean it's kind of the same every year isn't it but it's it's a interesting question of how you balance rewarding county form and picking players who are in form against continuity of selection and um, and not just looking at the county championship, because as we talked about during the Ashes, 
the county championship doesn't necessarily bear much relation to the kind of bowling that they're going to face in international cricket is you know is the, the kind of bowling that um that brick's been up against so far this season it's just going to be a different order against you know Southie bolt wagner etc jameson i'm pointing the mic at you it looked like you had a point to make but you don't um yeah i don't really have a point fair enough fair enough well i'm excited for this series against new zealand anyway saying they're obviously world test champions uh, beat England convincingly in England this time last year, but they've they have showed a bit more vulnerability recently, drawing series at home to both Bangladesh and South Africa so far this year. I don't know. We let's we don't need to do this in too much time. We could basically just do the same preview we did for the series last year. It is only twelve months ago. We did exactly this preview, which I think you could basically boil down as far as New Zealand are concerned. I boil down. You could boil down to very excited to watch Kane Williamson bat on a good time zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excited to watch Devin Conway bat as well obviously he scored a double hundred in that series last year but the the bowling is the key you would say isn't it I mentioned them already but Southie Bolt Wagner Jameson you know you feel like they're going to have too much for this England batting lineup, particularly the top three is that fair to say? Yeah I, there's that, yeah there's an element of do our has our batting lineup made bowling attacks look good in recent times but there are just quite a lot, you know, there's a few very good bowling attacks around. So, and, and certainly this New Zealand um, lineup are one of them. Whereas on our side, yeah, I think you mentioned it just before, we've just got to, you know, everyone's injured. Or they've all, you know, the, the operating theatres of presumably some part of London are very busy um, with shoulder surgeries, elbow surgeries, back surgery. I mean, it's, it's pretty worrying. I mean, it's both disappointing and worrying. It's like theme hospital. <laughs> Ollie Stone's suffering from bloaty head. <laughs> um, but obviously, like you know, Joffre is out for the season, for the year. Mark Wood is who's he's kind of held it together for a little while. Is is, is succumbed. Um, Saqib Mahmood is injured, isn't he, for for a decent chunk. So, Wokes. Wokes, yeah. So I mean, it's a great time to be sort of on the periphery or have to have been on the periphery because yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be some new opportunities except for you've got Anderson and Broad coming back you know a thousand test wickets sort of rolling back into contention well they almost had to come back didn't they and apart from anything else they (laughs) very few choices um and the good thing Tony the good news is it's a three test series this time I was very I was very cross last year that there's only two tests um, it is three. I mean, I'd like it to be more. This could easily be a five, easily be a five test series, but um, it is three test. It's impossible. A bit like you were just uh, making fun of me that I started to get excited about the Ashes on the kind of eve of the first test. It's you do sort of start to feel a bit more like, oh well, with all these changes and England are at home and 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 they could do. You'd expect them to turn out better performances than we saw over the winter. Now that they are at home. And Anderson and Broad should enjoy these conditions, et cetera, et cetera. But New Zealand are a better team, are a considerably better team. So, and if they play the way they played last year, you know, they, they should win this series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking as the optimist I am, I am looking forward to, given our record, if, if England can, you know, burgle a win this summer, that'll be huge, you know. <laughs> um, it'll get a huge reception. And also as much as it's been a bit of a palaver, the kind of broad Anderson, I was going to say sort of slow decline retirement, um, potentially if they do 
well, certainly if Anderson bows out at the end of the summer or, or at some stage, you know, that's going to be an amazing occasion and kind of, you know, not quite once in a lifetime, but not far off. Someone of that caliber and duration and, and impact. So, yeah, so there is quite a lot to look forward to. Do you want to give me a prediction? <sighs> One nil New Zealand. Couple of draws. Rain, you, you forecasting rain. It's just three. Uh, I just said that if you've been listening. Two tests. Uh, two nil New Zealand. I'll go for two one. Giving and getting a win. Maybe in the, maybe in the dead rubber third test. That's going to be it. I think. What have you what have you what have you made of this tone? It's actually warmed up as we've gone. The crowd have started to get going. Um, the weather's improved a touch. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We will be back. Just taking a little picture for Instagram. For my Instagram, should I get a, a selfie? Yeah, Get a picture with the crowd behind. Yeah, no, we'll be back. Plenty this summer. Lots of cricket to watch. Good time to take a break, actually, over the last few months. Yeah, I think we've only done one podcast in the last four months, which is pretty poor return, really, isn't it? But well, you know, they're like runs. Once you get in the habit of them, like Tony Kerr ducks. Yeah. Well, no, I've, I've played once this summer, and uh, and I, I posted one not out off one ball, so. Can't, can't argue with that cannot argue with that Very good form. Um, we're getting back in the habit now I, I haven't really got any excuses to offer there's no real excuse apart from the fact I think both you and I are probably busier than we've ever been in our lives before for various reasons and I don't think that's going to change but at least when it's summer and we can come and do this on the beach and we've done it on the beach on a pretty miserable day yeah. so it's only it's all uh, downhill skiing from here really Taylor. happy days but anyway that's about it I think I've enjoyed this. I know the crowd have. The seagulls have enjoyed it too, as you can hear. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So the, the the first test of that New Zealand series starts next Thursday. So let's let's come back after that. So we're talking two weeks time. Um, let's get down here again, hopefully on a nicer date uh, to pick over the bones of that one. But between now and then, if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, do get involved on the internet or on social media. You can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com and do write a review. Although if this, this is the first time listening to the show, <laughs> yeah. be, be advised that it's normally slightly more professional than this. Occasionally, mildly more professional. Um, yeah, we'll stick with it. Stick with it for a big summer. All right. Do you have anything left to say? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now. I can smell your fear. Ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba.